I just read that 95% of new entrepreneurs are outsiders and have literally no chance of succeeding. I'll bet that got your attention. Let's have ourselves a pocket-sized pep talk because we're going to talk about how to turn outsiders into insiders. And my guest who gave me that number is here to tell us how. A pocket-sized pep talk podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick, inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. Today's guest, Fred Carey, is a powerhouse entrepreneur and CEO of Idea Pros, a company that guides qualified entrepreneurs through the complexities and pitfalls of the startup world. He also produces a weekly show for entrepreneurs that's been viewed by over 4 million people. And his personal brand can best be described as F average. Be legendary. Sorry, Fred. I keep the show somewhat clean here, although I've been talking to Fred before we started. And I got a feeling we're going to have a few F bombs flying, but it's nice to meet you and welcome to the show. Well, listen, I'm really honored to be here and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun and hopefully impart a lot of knowledge along the way. You bet. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. So let's dive right in. I want to come out swinging a little bit with you and land on that F-bomb regarding being average versus being legendary. Because most entrepreneurs I know want to be legendary. You know, I'm a golfer. I want to hit the ball 300 yards down the middle. That's the easy part. I'm right. sure we're going to get into it, but give me kind of the elevator pitch. Give me something that we can unpack in terms of how, how you address going from average to legendary. Yeah, everybody wants to have an extraordinary life, right? So for everybody in the audience, what extraordinary thing did you do today? One extraordinary thing. Did you do any extraordinary things today? If you didn't, you're on your way to having an average life. You got to find a way to pick your game up and always do a lot more than you think you can do and really prepare each day as an opportunity to challenge yourself to go further than everybody around you goes. And if you're not doing that, if you're not that person, you're not going to have an extraordinary life. You're going to have an average life. Got it. All right. Now you're dealing with an ex-Xerox guy here. And at Xerox, we entire shoe without a process, something that's repeatable and predictable, something that we can measure. So I know, I, I got a feeling you, know, you, you can't answer these in four sentences, but just give me one, give me one measurable behavior. So if I'm listening in my car, I go home and I'm going to say, I'm trying that one move to get the legendary. Can you unpack just one move? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a, a process that you start at the very beginning of your day that okay. will give you the energy, the fortitude and uh, the focus to get there. And it really starts the day that we usually, we get up and we work on our business. I want you to get up, even if you have to get up an hour early and work on yourself first. So if you can start the beginning of each day, dedicating on, all right, I'm going to get up at five. I'm going to work out five days a week for an hour. I'm going to meditate for 30 seconds or, or 30 minutes, whatever, whatever you got. I'm going to be gratitude. I'm going to express that gratitude every day. I am going to talk about my positive affirmations, one or two different things every day about me. And then I'm going to read something. If it's a sentence, a paragraph, a chapter, or a whole book, do all those things. And then you're geared up. You've taken care of yourself first. And then you can focus on the day ahead of you. And when you do that at the beginning of the day, you're energized 
because you've taken care of yourself first and now you're going to take care of business next and you're going to perform a lot better if you do that one thing in the morning. Okay. So I already like you. I, I love that idea. I, I work with a lot of authors or people who want to write manuscripts. And one of the first things, you know, everybody wants to write the manuscript. Everybody dreams of writing the book, but then we run into that. I just don't have time. And so I've just kind of unconsciously competently sort of whittled away at, well, can we get up a little bit earlier? But I do. I think that we can't just think that this time is going to appear love the idea of getting up early and i like the idea of um getting something measurable down like don't just set up the alarm and go well now what but but have a plan uh mm -hmm. does your company do you offer anything that um you know again this is the trainer in me now you're going to see my yeah, hat yeah. changes a lot so the trainer in me now says job aid the trainer in me says something that i can use maybe that your company provides so i can guide myself until this becomes a habit you got anything like that or some thoughts? Yeah. So the free stuff, the best free stuff for that is my Instagram page. It's official Fred Carey, C-A-R-Y. I have about 500,000 followers on there. And at least once a day, I'm giving you things, either entrepreneurial tips, positive affirmation tips, things you can do to better yourself, different ways you can look in a more positive attitude at things and ways to really get moving and start having that extraordinary life. So if you spend one minute a day on my page, you're going to have a different tip every single day. If you got extra minutes, you can scroll through because it's a different subject every single day meant to motivate you meant to get look, the bottom line is the world owes you nothing. And most of us get bitter because we think you know, we got a raw deal or that effort got the promotion when I should have gotten it or everything's against me, the world's against me. The world doesn't care about you. You're the only one that's going to go to the grave with you. You're the only person that's going to do that. So you better take care of the rest of your life before that happens. Focus on you. Don't let anybody else write your playbook. Do it for yourself. And you can get all that inspiration on a daily basis uh, from my page there. All right. Sounds good. Now, you know why I booked him. I, I was listening to you online and uh, I like the fact that you pretty much just get right to it. Let me ask you this question. Uh, what about journaling? Do you ever journal? Do you have any thoughts about journaling? You know, my, my girlfriend loves journaling and she's doing it every day. I kind of suck at it to tell you the truth, but I do recommend it. Uh, I, I know a lot of friends that do it every day and it really helpful they some people do it at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day uh i think if you can journal at the end of the day it's probably a better process you can reflect on what you did well what you didn't do well and what you'd like to try to accomplish tomorrow and so then tomorrow night you can look at that entry and see where you screwed up and where you can do better and where you can add to your portfolio of self-improvement yeah uh, you're talking to a, a guy who journals, but I, I have this way of doing it. And, and it's sort of just like we're talking about getting up early, kind of finding that time when you're a road warrior like me and you're out on the road, you know, just about every week, uh, certainly since the pandemic has lightened up a little bit. I've been out every week since January 2nd. Uh, I have a natural sort of start and stop 10,000 feet you know, trade table goes down. But I, I think it fits into sort of who you are because it, it forces you to be methodically observant. In other words, um, you're having us get up 
not because, um, you know, go find an idea and wake up with it. No, wake up and allow your mind to find the idea. Allow, you know, give yourself an opportunity to, to put that mind in, in, in the right arena. And that's what journaling does if we can do it on a regular basis and just throwing an idea back at you because we don't wait for a, a clever thought or something. I, I've always found that when I thought I had very little to say, I have a lot to say. When I have a lot to say, I never, wasn't that brilliant? I don't have so much, but I think it fits into your world. And that's why I was curious about it. And I like the fact that you've got a system sort of end of the day. But the big thing is you can't wait for it. You got to build some sort of method into it and then let it take over. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to get on that. Uh, the reality is that good habits start through repetition, right? And, and at first it's hard. And then as you do it, then it becomes hard to stop. And that's when you know you got it licked. Yeah. You know, it, 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 I, I discovered this at about 4.35 a.m. I was coming in on a red eye. You know what that's like. And um, where, you know, I didn't, wasn't sure when I asleep, I'm awake, but I, I came up with my own vision or version of what, you know, what evolution is. And, and, and that's really not the word, but basically what wisdom is. And I think it consists of three things. I love your feedback on this. I think it consists of success, failure, and a conscious knowledge of the lessons learned from each. So if all you've been is successful, I'd like to shake your hand. I wouldn't necessarily call you wise, but I, you know, I wouldn't mind hanging out with you. Uh, if all you've had is failure, you know, my heart goes out to you, but I think we all get a little bit of each it's, are we, are we figuring out what, what worked when it worked and what didn't work when it didn't work? And that's where I, I, I like that get, you know, the, the Fred Carey way of get up and work on yourself a little bit. Think about that because it doesn't just fall out of a tree. We gotta, we gotta make a spot for it. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. Your wisdom comes from a combination of those things, right? If you've just failed all your life, you're not, you're going to be able to dish out a lot of bitterness, but not very much wisdom. Wisdom comes from people who have gotten up, fallen down, gotten back up again, learned their lessons and tried to do things a different way. It doesn't mean you're not going to fail again, but you have a mindset that you've, it's more powerful to fail and figure out why you failed and do it a different way than it is to have everything be smooth sailing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you hit on something just now. I, I refer to it as, um, as sort of a victim mentality. Um, we are going to fail a lot. I think it was, um, it's a North Carolina coach. What was it? What was, what, what was that legendary coach for North Carolina? Um, uh, boy, I'm having a br me brain spot. freeze. Uh, but yeah. I, I was a lefty Brazil Maryland guy, but I, I can tell you, he, the, he had this quote where he said, you know, you have to be able to, to accept getting up and falling down. Sort of like you said, you're going to, you know, can't approach everything as life and death. Because uh, he said, to begin with, you're going to be dead a lot. So, um, you know, uh, but I think, and you're the guru here, as an entrepreneur, I think one of the things that separates us is we're not as afraid of failing. We, we use it as a springboard. We try and learn from it. And when that becomes a phobia, when that becomes something that's fearful, I think you got to work for the government. I mean, I think, I think you, you got to find something else to do because that's what this world's about. If you're going to do it on your own and figure it out. Yeah. If you, if you're an entrepreneur and you're afraid of failure, you're not an entrepreneur because the entrepreneurial journey 
uh, is littered with failure along the way for everybody. I, I, I go through that myself, but now even we, we go through it and you know, people look at me from the outside, always oh, really successfully started 10 different companies. We have 400 companies under our belt, but we have failure every single day. We have things that are not working right. We have roads we're going down that, that all of a sudden we have to make a sharp left turn. And you would think this far along in my career, everything would be perfect. It's not any type of startup involves failure. And if you can't embrace that failure, if you can't admit that failure, um, you're screwed. So yeah. embrace it, admit it and deal with it and change it. And you, you'll get through it. It's, it's hard stuff and it's only meant for hard people. Right. Right. And don't be a victim about it. In other words, you don't have to look for somebody to blame. It's okay. Uh, you know, the, 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 that victim mentality, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I'm telling you, because when you have it, it just keeps repeating itself in a different plot line. And that's the tough part, uh, at least I think. So, so we're on the same page. I, I, look, I, I, don't, I don't relish failure. I don't enjoy it. But when you, when you realize there's no boogeyman there, um, as my dad used to say, you know, you dust yourself off, put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Um, if you can do that, you're, you're back on, on par. All right, let's move it to business. Uh, let's talk about business a little bit. You've got some thoughts in terms of what it takes to be a successful business owner. I, I keep hearing all these businesses under your belt. Uh, I, you know, um, it sounds like you're certainly a subject matter expert. So carve that out. We got some business owners listening right now. Uh, give me some thoughts for them. I think there's a couple of fundamental things that you have to think about. Uh, number one, here's the shocking statistic. Everybody sit down. The number one failure for new businesses in, in the United States is that entrepreneur has created something that there's no demand for. How stupid is that? Yeah. You know, the most fundamental of really understanding what that customer that you want to have, what they want, what they need, and whether you can provide it. We don't do our homework on it. Here's the way we do most entrepreneurial journeys. We've got a great idea and we run with it. We want to go get a patent. We want to go get a copyright. We want to have a name. We want to put up our website. It's just like if I hired you to be a coach and, and you said, all right, I'll be a coach. What sport are we playing? Well, I, I can't tell you that right now. What are the rules? I, I don't, how about the competition? What do I do to win? Uh, you, you can't have any of that information. What I mean, what are we playing for? I can't even tell you that. That's how we start our businesses. And that's why we have a big failure rate. So for every business owner out there, and this is something you rinse and repeat, okay, you really got to do your research before you even start. And by the way, at ideapros.com, we have a package that does a, about a 40-page research report that nails every element of your business. This is the sector I'm in. This is the competition. This is their strengths, their weaknesses. This, this is my customer. This is what they want. And this is what's missing in that equation. A big hole in that marketplace that I can fill. You need to know all that stuff. That's the first thing. You got to have a really careful eye on your competitors because it does two things. Number one, it allows you to start your business in their weak spots, which gives you, you got to demand because there's competition. You got customers that are not satisfied because there's a hole in the market. If you make that your entry point, then you're really going to go kick butt. The second thing is you got to continue watching them because once they realize you're kicking butt, 
They're going to try to copy you. They're going to go after you. And you always got to be ahead of them. So that's the first thing for every business owner. The second thing is, if you're going to stand out, be different. You can't be, you know, company A, company B, company C. It's I think of companies like, uh, for example, uh, some young guy in a black t-shirt shows up in front of an audience of a thousand consumers and, and tells you that he wants to start this new computer company and he wants to compete against IBM and and Microsoft and digital equipment and all those different companies. And, and he wants to call his company Apple. Well, there's nobody in that audience who would raise their hand and say, that's a great idea. You know, that, it's a horrible name, but what did they do? They differentiated themselves. They, they, they were different and now think different became the whole concept of Apple or Virgin Airlines. Who the hell would name an airline Virgin, right? It's, it's the ability to separate yourself from the pack that's going to give you that, that second advantage. That's the second thing. One more thing, money. You always need to have more money than you think you need. And you're always, nowadays, in today's CEO, if you're going to run an entrepreneurial business, you have to be a financial CEO. You're either closing around, between rounds, starting around, but you're always raising capital because if you're successful, your cash flow is not going to be able to keep up with you, right? Because if you're growing at a nice rate, everybody wants to fund themselves. But if you're growing at a nice rate, the money you made last month is not going to support the expenses you have the following month because you're doing twice as much business or a third more business or 25% more business. Your cash flow cannot support that. So you need to think like a financial CEO in order to grow your business. So, so those are the three elements. Yeah, those work for me. Um, you know, just carbon back a little bit. Uh, I was a, when I was at Xerox and that was back in the eighties when Xerox was really trying to compete with uh, the Demings in the world and trying to bring in quality. And, and one of the first things that is, as that was a program that they always say, if you want to learn something, teach it. So uh, one of the programs I taught for Xerox was their leadership through quality, which was basically a problem solving quality improvement process uh, course. But the very first thing you learn in problem solving was you're not getting anywhere near that problem until you prove the problem exists. And we, and we would use the words a desired, you know, a, a, an as is. And uh, because without it, you know, I bumped my head on that wall. So everybody must be bumping their head on that wall. And down that rabbit hole we go. So just to simply prove the problem exists before we start turning it loose on expanding and contracting, et cetera. Uh, I was always shocked at how valuable those first words were. We, we, I had 40 more pages to go already. To me, I was learning a different way of going at things because everyone listening can think of the time where you moved that, you built that flower bed, you did whatever it is around your house. And 30 seconds after you finished that two month project, you went, why didn't I put it over there? Uh, you probably never really studied the problem as carefully. So love that. Uh, yeah. when, when you talk about money, you're talking about other people's money. Um, in other yeah. words, um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a small business, but a lot of entrepreneurs, they think it's going to be all from their bank account. It's bringing in investors. It's getting other people to invest, correct? So there's, there's three or four different steps to okay. that, right? When you're starting your, your own endeavor, the statistics are that about 85% of the money that's used 
when you first start out as your own. You go, you get a second mortgage on the house, you sell your motorcycle, your speedboat, whatever, your, your watches, whatever you have to sell, borrow from your 401k, 85% of that initial seed money comes there. After that, then you start going to friends and family. And if you know your shit, if you've done that research and you understand the com competition, you understand how you're differentiating yourself and you can really express yourself well to be really knowledgeable, you go out and raise money for friends and family. I have one of my uh, companies called Grunt and you can see it on trygrunt.com. They're just launching. It's an app. They don't even have any downloads yet. And he went to friends and family and raised $500,000 at a $5 million valuation in a couple of months. And if people believe in you, believe in what you're doing, and you can express yourself well, you're going to get money where you don't imagine you can find it. Then after that, you got the more traditional funding sources like um, the private equity and angel venture groups capital. and venture capital and, and things like that. But that, those first hallmarks of getting forward are going to be uh, based on, on those type of people. But by the way, but I'm doing a, a funding round myself right now. I was talking to you about that later uh, at ideaprosinvest.com. And some of your audience should look at it, even if they're not an accredited investor, because that's that's another way to raise capital. That's called a, a Reg 506C. It's a private round that you can advertise under the SEC rules. And you just you need to have accredited investors. That means somebody that makes $200,000 or more a year or has at least a million dollars of net um, equity in, uh, in, their, in their, the value uh, that they have. And then they can invest in it. And you can do quite well by going on Facebook and Instagram and doing advertising, seeking out those type of people. If you got a good story to tell, you can raise, you can raise a lot of money. We're, we're trying to raise seven and a half million dollars right now before we go public. And we're using that vehicle. So that's available to anybody that wants, that wants to get bigger in the private marketplace. Right. So that's that, that 7 million, that's not coming off of GoFundMe. This is no. a little more no. serious than uh, that. That's a, but although that's a great idea because then you don't pay it back. But right. um, the reality is, uh, and, and by the way, for depending on the type of business that you have, there's several opportunities to get grants and things like that. There's so many government grants out there, depending on what your business type is. I encourage everybody to study that because that's another free money thing. There's a lot of things you got to go through, but there are companies that help you with that part. In fact, if anybody wants to write to me at fred at ideapros.com, I'll turn you on to a company that that's all they do is grants. So if you have something that kind of gives back a little bit or something that, that uh, the government would, would approve of, if you're a minority business, any of those things, you can get free money. You just have to know how to jump through those flaming hoops. That's excellent. That's generous of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, you, you brought up the competition and that's always sort of a double-edged sword because sometimes your reward as an entrepreneur, when you, when you do figure it out and you make it work is people going, well, that, that looks like a, a nice little uh, play plan to get into. Now we're coming in. So um, how do you battle the competition on your, in a sense, on your own idea? I mean, it, Got a couple of thoughts there. I'm in my 30th year now. 
So I, you know, I've been some some people coming after me. I've got some ideas, but you're my guest, so I want to hear yours. <clears throat> you know, I, I have a lot of ideas on this subject, and I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you all of them. But you know, it's it's really the c word, right? Of the of the new entrepreneur. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've had a hundred thousand applications to work with me over the last two years. And I cannot tell you how many times people have come and said, I don't have any competition and I want to move fast before I have competition. And I tell them, if you don't have any competition, that means there's no demand. And if you don't have any demand, then you don't have a business. So you have to understand what number one, what competition is. And number two, why it's healthy. Number one, what competition is, is what you have, even if it's completely brand new, you're serving a demand. The guy that had that first car that was ever built can argue they had no con competition, but they did. It was the horse and buggy and it, transportation was what the demand was, right? And so even though you had the first car, your competition was other forms of transportation. And the same thing with ever, whatever your business is, the demand is there. So there's competition there maybe you're going to come out and you're going to do it better, right? You have three companies that do these three things really well, and they've proven out your market. You've got this fourth layer that makes you better than everybody. And that's what you're launching with. That's going to be awesome. But those people are going to come after you and they're going to try to beat you at your own game. So you're in a price fight that never ends. And if, if you don't pivot, if you don't change, if you don't add new things, new features, new products, new services, you're going to climb and you're going to go down. That's what happens with every single business. Um, you talked about Xerox. You can look at uh, Royal typewriters. Uh, they stuck with typewriters and, uh, you know, uh, they're gone as far as I know. Uh, and, and, and so you have to be able to know that there's a bell curve. There's people behind you. There's people in front of you. And you have to adopt and change and you have to welcome competition because you can learn from them. They can help you grow the general marketplace. Otherwise, companies like Lyft would have never launched, right? Because Uber was out and Uber was just controlling the world. And Lyft came out and took a big piece of business from them. They're both multinational, multi-billion dollar companies. There's room for competitors. Yeah. You know, I... I... I've never looked at it in terms of enjoying the competition, but they do. They keep us sharp. They keep us moving. And um, I, I remember when Lyft did come out and think, well, is there room for two of them? Uh, and, uh, you know, yep. then you, you kind of laugh at that and go, there should there should be room for a lot more than two. That's a yeah. big, big business out there. Uh, yep. uh, and, you know, one other thing, and you should get a copy of this. I, I saw it one time, but it was a it was a copy of the Fortune 50 companies, top 50 companies, but it was like from 1985, right? How many of them you think are still there? Now, I'm not talking about Fortune 500. I'm talking about Fortune 50. And Maybe. there was like 11 of them still around and they had merged. I mean, it just, you're just it, it was typewriters. I mean, it was all kinds of things like you're describing. So yeah, we got to keep moving. But I like your attitude, Fred, which is, uh, you know, we can whine about it. We can just use it as a way to inspire us and motivate us and keep us on our toes. It's like playing a ball game. I, I, I like a good, I like a good competition if I'm playing. It's, it's, yeah. it's fun once or twice, but then it gets. I gotta find something else to do. So yeah, it's hard, hard to play a ball game with one team. 
All right. I'm coming down the home stretch with you, but as an author, uh, there's a lot of, of emphasis placed on how we name a book and uh, how we title it. And uh, publishers don't want to get anywhere near an author if they haven't gotten something, some sort of branding down. So the, the kiss of death, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to watch you wince when I say it, for a book, and I think any business is, I got a book for everybody. I got an idea for everybody. It's, it's what I refer to as instinct versus logic. Might be instinctive, but it's completely illogical when you really figure it out. So let's, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this a little bit about um, where I think we're in agreement of how important it is. But now that we know it's important, any tips on for an entrepreneur on branding or you know how they're going to position themselves? Yeah. <laughs> Can I go a little further than that because there's, there's oh, a second of course yeah because there's a, there's a secondary element to okay. it okay floor is um, yours okay so branding yourself means standing out and 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 delivering on what you think your brand is your brand is not what you think it is it's what your consumer thinks it is and so you not only have to if you want to be different if you want to be apple uh you not only have to try to position yourself and push that forward, but you have to live up to that, right? And that's that's one of those companies that starts with their core value proposition and works their way out to the, oh, by the way, we sell computers and, and cell phones and things, but they always start with their core. And, right. and that's what you need to do when you are wanting to differentiate yourself and brand yourself, be authentic and really live what you say you are that's the one thing and the second thing that i wanted to add on is bonus points is um is something that y combinator told told airbnb founders when they gave them their first twenty thousand dollars after nobody nobody would give them a cent because every single venture capital firm said wait a minute you say you're going to build a business where people are going to invite strangers into their home get the hell out of my office right and so the reason they got $20,000 from Y Combinator is they started selling cereal during the presidential elections, and they were selling uh, Obama O's and uh, uh, Captain McCain uh, cereal boxes at their Airbnbs, which, by the way, were air mattresses, and they were getting 40 bucks for each one of those, and they cost them $4. They were getting 40 bucks to make extra money, and the Y Combinator guy said, you know what, if you guys are if you guys can sell cereal for $40, you might just be able to get strangers and, and people that own property to live together. And the advice that he gave them is the same advice I want to give your audience. So I can't take credit for it. You think of a stream of water, a pool of water that just goes horizontally. And you have that same volume of water that instead goes vertically. If you can keep narrow and really vertically focused on what you really do well, you're going to build an audience of loyal fans of people who are going to become passionate advocates of your brand, not be that, like you said, we got something for everybody. Be that company that had one thing for one group of people that are going to be really passionate about what you have to offer and then expand out from there. And your customers are going to help you expand because they're going to be very loyal to you because you've given them exactly what they want. I'm not touching that one. That's perfect. I love that. Uh, 
you know, my son is a stand-up comic. And when you're talking about that Airbnb, he does a piece on Uber of, you know, how as kids we were taught, you know, one thing you'll never do is get into a stranger's car. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, it's the same thing. You know, you're certainly not going to go into a stranger's house. Oh, yeah, yeah. we are. Uh, yeah. All right. Last question, I promise. Uh, if you could go back and, you know, tap on a, a young Fred Carey's shoulder, you know, just young and with the world in front of them. Uh, we got you in your 20s somewhere. Uh, give me one or two things you'd whisper in his ear. Stop doing so many drugs. Uh, that's that's one. <laughs> Be no, responsible, what, yeah. What, what I would say is two, two things. Don't believe what everybody tells you. Hmm. And believe in yourself. You're going to make a whole lot of mistakes, but... Try to build confidence in yourself and know that even if you're failing along the way, as long as you have that willingness to get up and keep going, you're going to make it. My dad told me I would never amount to anything. I, I started 10 companies. Two of them went public. Two were acquired by public companies. One does $800 million a year now is a, is a private uh, entity. And we're out raising money for what could be my biggest company yet with Idea Pros because we're helping so many entrepreneurs become those insiders you talked about in the in in the beginning so young fred carey believe in yourself right yeah uh you know i i think my, my dad was very supportive but i had a few people along the way that uh whispered some wrong things in my ear i, I gotta tell you I, I you know shake your dad's hand you know if you could go back i'm not sure he's still with us but is your dad no. still with us no no uh but um you know, sometimes those people, um, they give us just the, the, the kind of fight we need. Almost like, uh, you know, that, that Johnny Cash song where he names his kid Sue. But uh, at the <laughs> end, he says, well, but you, you learned how to fight. You learned how yeah. to scrap. That's why I gave you the name. I don't think yeah. it was quite that well thought out in your case, but I'm a very half full guy. So yeah. sometimes I think of some managers and people that said some unkind things to me. And I think, well, you gave me a... I fought harder because of your nonsense than I would have if I just was walking out there on my own. So thanks for being such a knucklehead uh, and yeah. giving me the push I needed. Uh, yep. And oh, by the way, North Carolina fans, I'm so sorry. I did think it's Dean Smith. It's Dean Smith. That's that's the name I was trying to come up with earlier. Fred, uh, it's ideapros.com. Uh, yep. and, uh, so that's one way of getting hold of you and any other, um, sites or ways that you want, people could reach out to you. Yeah. As I said, ideapros.com. And by the way, at the top, your listeners will be able to see there's a free insider checklist that give you all the fundamental things that you need to do followed up with about for each one. I think there's seven points or 10 points. And the, I don't even know how many damn points there are in there, but really what the steps you need to go through, you can download that for free and we'll throw in every day for the next seven days, about a half an hour of both video and um, and stuff you can read about each one of those points. So take that. It's free. Use it. You'll have a much better chance of succeeding. That's one way. Number two, follow me on official Fred Carey, C-A-R-Y on Instagram. Um, uh, I think that will really help a lot of people. And, and finally, if you are somebody that wants to either learn how to do one of these 506 type investments or you are an accredited investor and want to learn more about it ideaprosinvest.com you can read about it there and and listen 
anybody can, I'm not one of those guys, you have to go through multiple layers to, to reach. Fred at IdeaPros. If you have questions, you know, don't just random shit to me, but if you have a question, legitimate concern, want to know how to do something, I'll, I'll give you an answer and I'll, and I'll talk to you. Well, it's very generous of you. And um, I really appreciate you sharing your time with us today. Uh, I learned a lot. I've been on your site, by the way, so I can, I can, I'll, I'll throw a, a testimonial your way and say, it's a good site and it's easy to kind of maneuver around and there's a lot of value there. And, you know, I've got my web guys telling me, they didn't necessarily look at your site, but that's pretty much the recipe for a good site. Uh, give those people some value when they land there. And I found value on your site. So I do hope people drop on by and I'm grateful that you dropped on by here. And I really enjoyed talking to you and took some good notes for me uh, and learned a lot. So uh, I really appreciate it, Fred. Thank you. Pleasure was all mine. Okay. Well, we'll do it again as well as we can next time, everyone. Until then, stay safe. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more information on this show and Rob at Jollis.com.